This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Unicorn. Coffee, 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 fitness unicorn. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Coffee Fitness Unicorn, and you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. Today's guest is the queen of Halloween, Melissa Carbone. She is also the author of Ready, Fire, Aim. Hello, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. Good to see you. This is so cool. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me. Hey, man. Thanks for putting us on your platform. I appreciate it. We were talking about all of the um, pictures on the wall behind you. Yes. Yeah, those are all, all. Those are those are all. Um, those are ten years of haunted hayride, and then the little one right there <laughs> is a great horror camp out. That is so cool. Which is yeah. what brings you to the show, in addition to your book. Yeah. Fire aim. So um, let's go ahead and uh, why don't you start with the um, haunted hayride and kind of let everybody know who you are. Um, I, I know who you are and I know why you're here and I'm excited to have you. So let's get these guys pumped and tell them who you are. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm Melissa. I created the LA haunted hayride way back in 2009. Yeah. So, um, and you know, it's funny because the LA haunted hair, I always call it, it's my first child, like my firstborn. Um, it was the very first thing out of corporate America that I created. And, you know, it, it, what, I don't, if you don't live in LA, maybe you haven't heard of it, but if you live here pretty much, you've either gone to it or you at least have heard of it. So, you know, 13 years later, um, that's an amazing, that's an amazing thing. And probably, you know, one of the things I'm the most proud of. So, and also why people call me the queen of Halloween. Um, is that what you just called me? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so it was it's literally because of that one singular event, um, the LA Haunted Hayride. So, so um, cool. Yeah. So I created the LA Haunted Hayride and that's what I'm bo- most known for. Um, we are going into our 14th year this upcoming season. And, you know, the LA Haunted Hayride has gone into other markets. Um, we actually, uh, it, it was the um, mothership kind of catalyst for my horror company, 1031 Productions, which I um, sold in 2018 to a company called 13th Floor Entertainment Group, who I am still a part of that group now. And, um, you know, we've just taken the Hayride and a bunch of other attractions to a whole new level. That is so cool. That is so cool. I I just, I can't thank you enough, like that to have you on this show um oh. it's just uh like that's that's so that's so awesome and mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys had um with the pandemic and everything how you guys had to adjust and figure out what to do so the fact that you guys are back for the attack is freaking awesome yeah you know what's funny is um so that the Halloween business is just one of my I have a, a production company, another one, and I own actually a, a big giant country music festival as well. Um, and then, and a bunch of other things, but, but the pandemic, first of all, the hayride did not miss one year, um, yes. which, you know, is insane. And we, we literally in 2020 were the only Halloween attraction open in all of Los Angeles. That is so, so cool. So we actually had an incredible year. Um, but the pandemic also like kind of, and this I can get, we can probably get into more when we start talking about the book, but it, it forced me to pivot. And so it actually gave birth to two other brands, one of which is called Boat Cinema, which is a new brand of mine that I love, um, that I'm focusing on a lot. And then my drive-in at the park series, which we did 176 drive-ins over the course of the pandemic. <laughs> that was, is so cool. So it was, it was crazy. I mean, seeing, you know, 3,500 to 4,500 people a weekend during a lockdown is insane. Like you, to even, uh, to even like fathom that is, is crazy, you know? And now that we're out of it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound as impressive, but in the moment I was like, damn, 
how like it's insane that this many people are coming out during a pandemic but they didn't it was a blast so it it was the catalyst for some you know some new good ideas I think very cool which like that actually is going to tie in perfectly with your book so ready fire aim which I think is a brilliant title um I love how you came up with that do you want to share how you came up with that Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. I haven't, I haven't read the book in so long that sometimes I'm like, I don't like even remember what it says in there, but, um, you know, but that, that title is funny to me because they're, you know, now ready fire aim as like kind of a, like a, you know, a tagline has become pretty popular. Not, not, not because of my book, but just because it's because of the, the time, right. Mm -hmm, That we're in. mm -hmm. So, um, I came up with that because way, way back in the day when I was, a you know, baby executive um, working at Clear Channel, which is now iHeart, um, but I, I was at Clear Channel Los Angeles and I was a general sales manager there controlling more revenue than any other single, you know, individual in the company. And I was the young, one of the youngest, if not the youngest. And the president of Clear Channel always, and I was like, you know, looked at as impulsive, you know, and very like not risk adverse and, you know, and so, you know, a lot of the, and I was young and I, you know, I was like, I just, I thought I knew everything and I thought I was like, I I thought, I I thought I had all the answers. So, you know, uh, with that in mind, I was, I was taking a lot of risks that my like older, more seasoned counterparts wouldn't take. And so the president of the, of Clear Channel always used to be like, there's ready fire aim, Melissa, (laughs) because it was like, he used to say, I would like take a hundred shots at something before anyone else even had their gun out of their holster. And I was like, yeah, that is me, you know? And it's, it's been me when I, you know, when I was like a three-year-old kid and it's me as a 45 year old adult and it's just, you know, who I, who I am and I can't help but be any other way. But, you know, he would always say that he's like gunslinger, like hundred shots. I'm dead. Don't even have my gun out of my holster yet. So I always like kind of took that with me. I liked being described that way. And um, yeah, so he didn't even realize if it had ended up being the title of the book. That is so cool. And, and, and it's true. It's, it goes back to all of the philosophies, right? Like if you don't at least try, I mean, think about how many times, you know, basketball players have to shoot and hockey players, you know, this, it's, it's all of those concepts and you did it, you know, with, with your attitude. And, and I love that because I, that, and that's why it re- your book resonated with me because I feel like I'm one of those people when I get excited about something and I'm, I'm in I'm all in. Yes. I don't, I don't know how to just go. Mm, mm, uh. I'm like, that. hell yeah, let's yes. do this. And yeah. then you're like, oh, that didn't quite go the way I wanted it to, but at least you put your heart and your soul and your spirit into it. That's right. Who cares? Right. Yeah. I yeah. Totally like that actually, because you know, it's funny. I like, I don't do a lot of, um, a lot of like podcasts. I don't do a lot of like, you know, interviews and like anymore. I just like, I'm so slammed that I'm very particular about doing them. I typically only do them around an event when I have an event being launched, but, but you were very persistent and your, your words, not even just persistent, but your words were strongly worded, direct, you know, there is an objective to like, there was no fluff. And I was into that. I was like, yeah, I like the way this girl talks. So I'm going to talk to her. Thank you. I love that you say that because sometimes I feel like that um, it can be considered as um, abrupt or curt or not because I'm not a fluff. I, I'm not like I am sweet and kind and caring, right? Like I'm that person. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to certain things, I I, I just feel like you know I don't want to waste your time. Let's get yeah. in. Let's get out. Let's do this. And so I love that 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 we're driving. And thank you again for 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 doing this. Um, yeah. So I feel like we, your, that's why your book resonated with me. Um, and I love that you said dream epically. Yes. And that is so true the saying, you know, if your dreams don't scare you, then they're not big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like to me, and and this kind of goes back to what you were just saying. Um, you know, the only way we're at, we, as people will ever regret anything is if we didn't take the shot. Right. And it's, And that's why I always tell people, like, stop trying to take other people's advice, right? Because here's the thing, if you have, if you have an idea or notion, and you are like, I wonder if this will work, I wonder if this is right, and somebody talks you out of it, 
and you decide to take that advice and, you know, and I, sometimes people give me shit for this, but, and if you, if you take that person's advice and change your course and it doesn't work, then you're like, well, shit, would my original idea have worked? And it's almost not worth it. It's like, because then you're always like, man, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have just trusted. And and so that is where guilt lives, right? Yes. That is that yes. is where it lives, breathes, and dies. You yes. know, actually, it dies when you when you follow your own when you follow your own path. But so I like I can't tell you how passionate I am about following your own compass. You know, yes. and and that doesn't mean don't learn. That doesn't mean like be an asshole. Can I say no. asshole? Yes, absolutely. Please. Okay. Curse away. I have the mouth of a sailor, so bring it on. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean be, you know, an, obja- an obnoxious, you know, self-righteous know-it-all. It doesn't mean that. Right. Like, for sure, learn, take the lessons. But I, I just think when you have a vision, it is your vision. And it's your vision for a reason. Like, you can't, especially if it's something that's never been done before, you can't get outside influence and advice from people who don't have your vision. You have to do it your way because if if you don't do it your way and it doesn't work, then you're upset and like in the land of the unknown, if you do it your way and it doesn't work, you did it your way and you're not in the land of the unknown. If you do it your way and it works, well, great. Then everybody (laughs) can fuck themselves, you know? Totally. it's just like, to me, there's the, the risk is always in listening to voices, yep. you know, the outside voices yep. always. Absolutely. And dramatically. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and like, like I said, so many things um, about your book resonated and it was right after I read your book um, when I had become a widow. So I was pretty fresh into like that whole world. And it was, mm. it was, it was brutal. Good it God. was awful. And, and, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side and, uh, I, I've, I've got a, a a lovely woman in in the other room over there and she's, she's, you know, like my, my, my world, I'm, I'm in a very different place now, Good. but when I was reading your book, it was because I was in that, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was and I had big dreams. I had big ideas and because what could stop me, you know, right. I, I was already at rock bottom. So all I could do was dream epically. And it's, it's funny. Um, this is the same journal that I had when I was reading your book and I still have it. And, and it's, I still use it to this day. Um, and follow your dreams. Love. And, Love. Um, and I remember it like activate and I would write, I would write, I would follow. I have choose boldly, activate your ideas, kill your fear of failure. And, and those resonated so intensely with me and I, and I would, and that's when I started my fitness journey and I would write my goals in here and, and, and I would work towards those goals and I would, I would activate. I'm like, I'm not just going to do this half-ass. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go big. I'm going to dream big. And at the time I wanted to be a personal trainer, but obviously my path has since changed, but this podcast and having you on here would be part of that dreaming epically because you worked for Clear Channel. I wanted to be a DJ. I grew up wanting to be a radio DJ and yeah. my mom wasn't having, having it. She wanted me to have a real career, so to speak. Right. And so to have you on this podcast is kind of like that full circle of dreaming epically. That makes me so happy. I, I can't tell you how much that means to me. And, you know, I know like, and not to cut you off, but I, no, I, know, no. I know a lot of people, you know, are like oh thank you thank you thank you like literally it is everything to me like when I hear that from people um because I didn't write that book to like make money I didn't write that book to like stand on a soapbox and pontificate I wrote that book because literally I needed that book when I was when I was a baby entrepreneur like I needed somebody to tell me those things you know and I didn't have like a lot of like business mentors. And I certainly didn't have a lot of like female, like mentors and idols who I could be like, tell me how to do this. So whenever somebody sends me something and, and, you know, 
tells me how moved they were by something in the book. It literally, like I get, when you just said that I got chills, you know, cause it's literally why I, I wrote the book and it's all that matters to me. You know, I just want more people out there taking, taking more shots. And, oh. um, and when, when you can see it so clearly that it's not that hard, you just want everyone else to see it that clearly too, because the, the world thinks it's so hard. It's yeah. why like less than 1% of entrepreneurs are actually like, like doing big things because it's, it's like, there's this, this notion that like the risk and oh my God, what if, and it's so hard and the hours and the, like my life, I'm what, I won't be able to do anything. It's just like, it's so executable and it's so worth it because it is like, like what's, what's easier going to work every day from nine to five and sitting in a cubicle? Like, is that easier? Because look at how much time of your life you're spending in that small space. When, if you're out hustling, hitting the pavement, activating, doing the things that you, that are going to, you know, eventually lead to a step and another step and another step and another step towards something that gives you your own time. Like who cares if you're working more, you're working more for the thing you love. It it doesn't even feel like work anymore. So it's just like the risk to me is in not jumping that like, that's the bigger risk, like a life wasted. Like that's a massive price to pay. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. And, <laughs> and, and like you said, it's, you will never know unless you try. Never. You will never know unless you try. And, and yeah, you, you got to start. And, and, you know, that was a lesson I had to learn, you know, at, at, at rock bottom, you know, I had to learn and, and, and same thing. I was kind of like, okay, I don't want corporate anymore. I wanted, I wanted something new. I wanted something different. I didn't know quite what it was yet. Um, and um, so you know, it eventually, it, it took me to this place, this space right here where we are. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it just, you know, things just kind of ha- fell into place. And um, what just, were you doing? What were you doing corporately? So yeah. I was, uh, I was in, an SOP writer. So standard operating procedures. Oh, okay. Um, so I, wow. I could, I, yeah, I, it's kind of my jam. It, I know it bores people, but I could, I used to fly helicopters. So if you think about it, um, I didn't do that for work. I did that for fun. But in order to check out a helicopter, like there's a checklist, there's a 45 minute process that you have to go through. And my life is important enough to do that 45 minute checklist. So I don't die flying the big death machine. Wow. Right? Yeah. Holy so, so I loved writing those documents. It's a process. Yeah. So like I said, most people, you know, they, they want to dry, watch paint dry over, you know, that, but that's my jam. That's my expertise. That's what I do. No, I so. get it. I get a standard operating procedure writer. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I don't, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that role. So that, I mean, I love, I love hearing about roles like that. I actually can understand how somebody would love doing that. You know, like I, I actually get it. I get it. I'm very process driven. Yeah. So like, think about you with your shows that you put on, right? There's a process, there's a checklist. You need yeah. to be able to make sure that someone is following all of these ch- processes and checklists. Mm-hmm. That's the nerd in me. <laughs> I love it. That's I the nerd it. in me. So, but, uh, and training documents, like I, I love doing training documents. And, and so I was a corporate trainer and, and things of that nature that, that, that's what I did as, as a living. Yeah. But I got to a point again, because I was in a different place and I was like, okay, life is short. What do I want to do with my life? You know, and I spent 10 years in school to get, you know, my degree, my master's degree. So I, I, I earned that right. I loved what I was doing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I also felt, okay, it's, it's time for me to start doing the things I want to do. And so that's why your book really spoke to me. And, and I was able to just latch on to those ideas and just, and just run with it. And so like at, at 51, I started my podcast, mm. 51. So I'm like, are you a high level of discipline person? Yes, absolutely. That's where the unicorn comes in. Mm-hmm. So I was actually a unicorn client for my personal trainer um, because I would ask for more. And yeah. she's like, okay, you're crazy. And I was like, bring it. She, you know, she, w- I would say, 
you know, what are we working on tomorrow? And she's like, we're going to do legs tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to hate my life, but I wouldn't complain. I never complained, you know? So that's why I did well in the military. That's why I, I, yeah. right. Military. Oh, mm-hmm. This makes so much sense to me now. I always try to find like the, the people who are moved the most by, um, by things in my book. I always like try to find what those common, like personality characteristics are. The discipline thing is one that I'm like, I'm really into right now. Um, because I'm noticing that people who, who have and like discipline, um, who, well, who are and like discipline, um, are, it's like becoming a common thread in, in the people who are affected the most in the book. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you like discipline, you can take some of these principles and you're like, yes, activate. That makes sense to a discipline characteristic human, yes. right? Yes. Absolutely. Um, like dream epic. Like you, you're just like, somebody is telling you, like, these are the things that you should do and you can just have your dream. And if you're a person with high discipline characteristics, like you'll do that. Mm-hmm. But if you're a person who's like looking for a magic pill, the book won't resonate with you, you know, because okay. it is a book definitely that is like, you have to dig into, you know, the guts of who you are and, and activate that. Like you can't just hope, right? You that- have to do the work. <laughs> like activate. You have you know, to activate. So I know. It's so hard for people to um to just do it, do that. Like I don't and this is the thing I'm I have I get so frustrated with like very frustrated sometimes that we as like as like a human species have an easier time sitting in a cubicle for five days out of the week building somebody else's business than we do to just wake up in the morning and go run on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Like it's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely, I, I, yeah. it's just, we've, we've been like bred to be this way, I think, you know, by yes. society. And that, that to me is like a horrible tragedy. And I, I have a really hard time with it on a daily basis, which I could pontificate on forever. I love it. I love it. It's okay. It's okay. I get it. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I'm like the only one that wasn't an entrepreneur. I, I went into military and then I did corporate and then I went to academics and then I went back to corporate. Um, because again, that's, that was my safe space. You know, it was, it was what was comfortable for me because I saw my parents and my family struggle through the entrepreneurship. Um, and I just, I just felt like I didn't really have a head for business, so to speak. Like I didn't, I I suck at math. I'm an English major. Like I, I will read books all day, but please, please don't make me do my tax return. Like I have to hire someone to do that. And it's, and it's super easy, but still I'm like, yeah, I don't trust myself with numbers. Um, But I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to be on my deathbed and never get to do these things that I always wanted to do. Have my own coffee shop, have my own gym, or at the time, these were, these were my ideas. These were my dreams. And, um, but, and now it's, it's the podcast and the podcast, like you said, I wake up and I literally, you'll appreciate, I am literally surrounded. I have two whiteboards. And they're in different colors. Everything is color coded. My whole life is color coded. I have post-it notes, color coded post-it notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All my coworkers know this about me, um, and this is how I I control my empire. This is my empire, right on the other side of you, mm-hmm. is my empire, so cool. and that's what I'm building right now. I'm working on. It. I waited 51 years, yeah. But damn it, I'm activating and I'm epically dreaming right now. Yes course you are and thank you for being a part of it oh I mean I'm of course I mean thank (laughs) you for letting me be a part of it you know I mean thank you for for like listening because I do I man I I am so intrigued by the entrepreneurial spirit like I could talk about it all day every day you know awesome pacificate away (laughs) yeah I I, I don't want to waste your time um and so I I do have some questions that I would love I would love to get uh uh out there Mm -hmm. um so if you weren't in the horror business, what would you be doing? Um, we might've already answered that because you kind of yeah. mentioned the other projects that you have. So oh, I apologize. Funny. No, you know what? Um, I mean, I would say that the, you know, music festival business, because I'm so in love with my music festival right now. Um, 
but I love boat cinema. I love all my events. So I, God, have you heard that song by Luke Combs? Um, what that it says, if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. <laughs> Basically that if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. I think it's just what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So I don't, totally. I, I, think, it would, I think it would be events, you know, the, the problem with a brain like mine, cause it's, you know, I'm, it's like an entrepreneurial, like creative brain versus the organized process brain that you have. And so I, I always have millions of things that I want to do. And it's just like the time to do them. So, but my next yeah. kind of my next, um, you know, dream project, I think this will be like my retirement project is I want to open a, like, I want to buy like a ranch piece of property type thing out here in California and create like a bed and breakfast, right. Called yeah. like, and I'm, I want to call it um, camp, camp Gwen and Macy farms after my two, my two dogs. And it's like a camp, but it's also like a hotel, you know, retreat thing where we have like gardens and, um, and orchards. And it's all like, that's all how people eat when they get there. We have a pond with like little cool vintage trailers around it. Um, but it also, you know, in, in the fall has like Halloween events in Christmas and holiday time. It has those types of events. We can have little music festivals there. It can be like a very cool, like camp. So it's kind of this, like this all encompassing, you know, camp slash bed and breakfast project that I would love to just have as my retirement project. So that's probably next <laughs> for me. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And do you know like where in California is it going to be like more Northern or, you like know, I've, been, I've looked at property in um, Temecula. Um, okay. I've looked, okay. I've looked at property in like the, um, the like, well, San Luis Obispo, but I mean, that's such a big area, but in, I've looked, I've looked in like the, um, Pismo area as well. I've looked cause I actually love Pismo beach, but there's just, yeah. Pismo doesn't lend itself to like ranches. So that's a little bit hard. Um, and then obviously the whole, um, Santa Inez area, like where you have like Solvang and, yeah. um, Buellton, like that. Whole, yeah. I love that whole area. Oh yeah. That area is cool. Have you been to the hitching post out there? yeah right yeah I go I, know. I love it up there it's so yeah. cool yeah it's so cool um so we talked about this briefly uh you worked in the radio industry yeah but did you ever want to be a DJ like uh-huh. me <laughs> no no absolutely no desire at all to be a DJ I was like you know, they, I, I loved my time at Clear Channel, un, like until I didn't, right? Until it was, and it was never bad. I just was, I got bored after, you know, a certain amount of time. But um, no, I never wanted to be a DJ. I love all the DJs. I became like very good friends with some of our DJs, but um, I loved creating the, you know, the marketing campaigns and the music festivals and all of the, I mean, you know, that was kind of why the president of Clear Channel and I had such a great relationship and why he called me Ready Fire Aim is because I was building, I was building shit that other like radio people weren't building. I, you know, I was building like, you know, multi-million dollar concert events on the roofs of auto dealerships because I was like, that's how we'll sell cars. (laughs) And people were like, what? But like, you know, I got the money for it. I did it. And ultimately, you know, they, people started doing it too. So, you know, it's, I, I loved it. It allowed me to be creative. I learned the corporate kind of vernacular that you needed to like be considered, you know, having a business acumen. So, you know, I learned so much from that, that I loved it, but never, ever did I want to be a DJ. Uh, so I'm going to, there's going to be like a series of Halloween type of questions. Mm. So what is your favorite Halloween smell? Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review, I've never asked anyone to rate the show, and I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Field Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. 
um, hay. I love hay. Do you have any favorite Halloween movies? Movie or movies? Yeah, um, I love The Strangers, the original Strangers. Love, I, I, and it's funny because it's not an, it, most people expect me to be like, The Exorcist, The Shining, but like, and I love those, but the, I think The Strangers was so jarring and so like, you know, it, like for for its time now lots of movies are like that but um I love the strangers I also um really love I mean I do love the shining a lot but I I would say my other favorite Halloween movie would be Friday the 13th four okay why four um I I like I, to be honest, I like the, the, the special effects in that one. I mean, I feel like, you know, the slasher film, I feel like the slasher film looked a certain way for, you know, a, you know, period of, of time, um, in the eighties and, and it's the, the look of slasher films started to, to morph and mutate and evolve. And I think that film, it, it looked the best for me, right? It looked, it looked the best for me in a way that it just captured my eye throughout the whole thing, you know? Nice. So yeah, I just, and I, I yeah. And I like, I like the Jason Voorhees costume in that, in that one as well, but yeah. Nice. Great. I just, I love that, that movie. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite Halloween candy? Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish they had a vegan one, but um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, uh, let's see. Hello, entrepreneurs, vegan yeah. peanut butter cups. Yeah. <laughs> Ac- butter cups. Activate. Yeah. Okay, someone activate that. Yeah. Uh, how much coffee in a day do you drink? And what is your go-to coffee drink? Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> so much coffee. I like, I probably drink five cups of coffee a day because I drink it all day long while I'm working. I always have coffee in my hand. And it's like, you know, it's like a big coffee. Um, and my favorite co- go-to coffee is the Nespresso, um, the little chocolate cups. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like your, your original size Nespresso and the, I think it's called Chocatino. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, this is going to be a silly question mm-hmm. um, because as we know, being in horror and being scared, that's all part of it. And do you still sleep with the closet door closed? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I always, if that closet door is not closed, I am not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, and yet, closed. <laughs> I watch horror movies all the time. Yeah. Right? Same. Yep. If MTV came to your house, MTV Cribs, and they were to open your refrigerator, what would they find? They would find a lot of canned water, which is my new favorite thing of life. It's just regular flat water, but in cans. Um, so I drink a ton of that. They would find that they would find the St. Eve's vegan bologna and chow white cheddar cheese always in my, I'm like a massive bologna sandwich for a snack is so not good for you, but I love them. Um, Those are so good. Those are so good. I know. Um, and then they would find, I mean, it's not that interesting. And then I always have a big bin of, um, I cook for my dogs. So there's always a big bin of like, you know, whatever their food mixture is, is of the week. So, um, yeah, and not, not that interesting. Lots of condiments, some, you know, Califia farms, almond milk. Um, yeah, maybe some like veggie grill leftover seven layer bowl. <laughs> you know, real specific, but so you don't cook for yourself, but you cook for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. Awesome. <laughs> uh, my parents used to do the same thing. The dog, I felt like the dog ate healthier than I did. I would go and visit my parents and, uh, he would get uh, chicken and rice yeah. and they would make his chicken and rice. And I would be looking at my piece of toast and coffee. And I was like, what? You know, like, I'm like he's eating better than me right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get it I get it I say that of my dogs too yeah. right yeah um do you read horror books as well no no I don't I don't I actually need to make more time to read just in general I don't I don't read enough you know I'm, I feel like I'm always like just flying and don't make time for it but I just I actually just 
started reading um, Will Smith's new memoir. And, um, and I love it. And at, like reading Will Smith's new memoir is getting me back in like this, this, this frame of wanting to read more. So, um, so yeah, but no, I never read horror ever. <laughs> wow. That's surprising. Yeah. Very cool. And do you have a fitness routine? You, you have always seemed very fit, always in shape, very active. I don't know if that's because you drink five cups of coffee a day and you just go, 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 go. But you, do you have any like fitness routine of any kind? I do. So I go to soul cycle five or six days a week. Um, I pretty much start my day, um, in like a, you know, hour long, um, soul cycle class every day. And then, um, at night I will usually do like yoga at home, like at least three times a week with like push-ups and like, I do, I do like my at home thing, which is like 15 to 30 minutes, you know, three times a week. But that, that morning soul cycle class is um, a must in my life. It's just, I gotta like, it, I have so much energy and I, and it's not because of the coffee. So even without coffee, my energy levels are crazy. So yeah. So it's like, I try to exhaust myself. So, you know, five to six soul cycle classes a week is a lot. And I could, sometimes I double <laughs> in a day. So wow. yeah. Yeah. That's what I've got to do. I love that you say that because I feel, I, I feel the same way. Like even before I have my first cup of coffee, I'm still, I wake up and I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I, I, I I'm never one of those, I just, I don't get up. Like I literally throw the covers off, fly out of the bed and I just start my day. So I feel like you, I have to get my beans out. And if I don't get my beans out, it can be bad because that, that energy, I'm kind of like, okay, what do I do with all of this energy? I need to do something. I have to be doing something. Right. So I, I totally, I love that it's nice to know that I'm not the only one out there that needs to get my beans out. So it's that's awesome. You what you do, you know, like you, if, I mean, see, see like a person who doesn't love what they do, see how, how lacking of energy that person is, you know, because you love what you do. It's amazing. Like that's, that's a good, a good thing. You know, a good problem to have is like too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Totally. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. So do you have, um, since you said that Will's, Will Smith's book is helping you, have you considered like writing another book, especially now that you've got like other ideas or, or are you just, is, is the one book kind of what you're focusing on or would you like add to Ready, Fire, Aim? You know, I don't, I don't have it like as a burning desire to write another book. That book was really hard for me to write. Um, and you know, it came about in a, like, I wasn't trying to write a book. It came about in like a very, very like weird organic way. And so I agreed to do it. And, you know, it was hard. Like, I think it took me like a year and a half or maybe longer of actual just writing. And I would have to set time apart, you know, every single day to try to write. And, I couldn't use a ghost. They, my editor tried to put me with ghost writers and every time I got the ghost writer edits, I hated them. It didn't sound like my voice. And so yeah. I, I came to the conclusion like months in that I was going to have to write it word for word myself. And then my editors would like, you know, do punctuation and spelling, you know, help um, on it. But like that process of not having like an aid of somebody helping you write it makes it so insanely taxing. And you know, if you're, if you are an author and that's what you love, that's different, right? But I'm not a writer, you know? So yeah. it was really hard, but it was insanely cathartic. And I loved every, like when, once the process was done, I actually think it was one of the most valuable exercises I've ever done in my life, you know? And, um, and I love that I have that all in a book because I can go back and refer to it and sometimes re-motivate myself. Like, you know, like, I, like we all get our like guts punched out, you know, and like, I, you know, I've had, a, I've had a really rough couple of years, like everyone else. And sometimes like, I need somebody to be like, yo, dude, like, you know how to do that. Like, just go like, get up, you know? So, so I like, I like that it's out there, but I don't think. I don't think I would write. I, I, it's not in the plan. I, will I, who knows? I, you never like my life changes on a dime. Right. So, um, maybe, maybe, but yeah, it's not, it's not def, I'm not like having the burning desire to. Very yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, 
I also um, was curious to know, um, have you, do you still keep in touch with Mark Cuban? A little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. it, you know, I mean, if there's like a, a reason to, um, we sold, once we sold the company, uh, like, I mean, we were in touch a lot while we owned the company together. Once, once we sold the company to 13th floor, we, Mark got bought out completely. I, um, I, I'm the only, only owner of the company that, that stayed in with them. And, um, I think, I mean, I, maybe a couple times a year, like I'll, you know, talk to him, like if it's his birthday or I see something in the news that he did that I think is cool. Cause he's doing a lot of really cool things, you know? And, um, and I, it makes me really proud of the fact that he was my partner for a long time because he, I think his moral compass is, is in the right place. And, uh, so, you know, like, just like conversations like that, I'll, you know, very small talky congrats oh my god look what you're doing hey what are you doing over there hey you have a music festival oh I do like just like that like, yeah. like that because what I so this brings me to the question I would really really would like to ask is has he ever been scared to death with your shows no <laughs> he hasn't what <laughs> he's a tough guy yeah, no, he hasn't. He hasn't at all. There is like, I, he maybe maybe he's an unscarable. I, I am. I'm an unscarable. Nothing. You cannot scare me at, at all. Like nothing startles me. It's. I admire that because real life. I take that back. Real life scares. I love that you say that because um, real life monsters are way scarier than movie monsters. Like you know the movie monsters and you know Gilman and. Dracula and all of that but you know the real like you said the real world the real monsters that are out there and that's why I love um, horror because horror is very cathartic and so I love that you said that the book was cathartic because writing was very cathartic um, for me as well and that's that's why so that's why this is very special Um, and and so writing and horror and scary things you know being scared, but not being scared, um, not from fear of not trying something. That's a different kind of fear. Um, and having that, uh, I'll use this as an example. Uh, the first time I went through a haunted house, I was, gosh, I was very young. And it was the first time I ever actually grabbed a stranger in front of me because we were going through the haunted house and you know we were all in a single file line. And it was like the jail part. Yeah. And um, this was before like they could actually like touch you, right? Like you, the, yeah. you couldn't get grabbed. And so I went first. My family was behind me because I was the brave kid. I was like, oh, I can do this. I got this. <laughs> I was like 12 or something like that. And uh, needless to say, I was hanging on to the guy's hoodie in front of me, like hiding <laughs> my face in his hoodie, just like ah, screaming the whole time. And then we came out and I was like, okay, so uh, yeah, that didn't quite go the way that I expected. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> right. I know. I Love know. It. Who Warm knew? Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, so then you, when you go through your, um, or when, when you have the, um, the hay rides and things of that nature, I, I don't know if it's unfair because you know, like what the path is, but that's what I wanted to know. Have you ever been scared? Has anybody been able to scare you with your haunted hay rides or the camp, the horror campouts? No, not it. It's no. And you know, it's so funny is uh, AMC wanted to make a show about it called Fear Engineers about trying to scare unscarables. And, um, um, and like we filmed a pilot and it was just that finding people who are like, hell no I'm not gonna like that shit's not scary and putting them in things that me and my team create and trying to prove them wrong and um but but me no like I'm telling you I cannot get scared I wish I could way back in the day in the early years probably maybe but I but no and you know I can I can think of one time where something actually scared me and it was my old creative director Justin Meyer we were at boat cinema right like that wasn't even at a hall. It's not even a Halloween attraction. Um, this is a couple years, like when, when we launched boat cinema during the pandemic, he, we did a Friday the 13th night on Friday the 13th, we showed Friday the 13th floor and he came out of the water with Jason mask on to scare everyone in the boats. And like, I was doing something and I turned around and he was like right in my face and I was like, Whoa, but it was because 
I didn't like, I was so not expecting that at boat cinema. And so that is the only time I can think of where I actually was legitimately startled. So, but it's because I've been creating the scares for so long that it's so hard to like find that scary moment now. And, and if I'm not finding it, I really don't feel like anyone else is finding it, you know? So (laughs) it's yeah. So you get, you get really desensitized, I think to, to all of that, but, um, but I still love it. I see it now in a different way. It's beautiful, you know, like, and it's always been beautiful to me, but like, I, I see, you know, the scenes and the vignettes and, you know, the way it's like soundscaped or the light, like, and it's, to me, it's just all very beautiful, you know? Yeah. The sound of screams is beautiful, right? Uh, Favorite sound. Oh, yes, it is. Best, best, best sound in the world is just a freaking cacophony of screams coming out of a, of a, you know scare zone yeah <laughs> that is so my my cheeks are I can't like my <laughs> cheeks hurt from laughing I because I could just imagine you just like ah oh. yes yeah that's so cool that is yeah. so cool yeah have you ever actually been in any of your your scenes have you been a participant in any of your creative scenes yeah I am um, I I used to every year um on Halloween put costumes on and go into like the mazes and like scare people yeah I used to to, like my favorite usually my favorite thing to do the last night of the attraction is to put on a costume and just go out and like raise holy hell (laughs) it was like my way of like celebrating the end of the year we made it Um, now I'm gonna go out and annihilate people (laughs) that's awesome yeah so the day after Halloween would you kind of take a deep breath and be like, all right, guys, good job. And then just immediately start planning for the next year. Like, were you ever able to like relax and take in that, that moment and just have peace with it, with the, with the screams? Yeah. You know, it's the day after it's always like, like a breath of fresh air. We made it. Um, we don't, we, we usually, and this is before, prior to 13th floor, we'd always take like the holiday season off, you know, me and my team, we'd always like, you know, break and like hit it middle of January, end of January, early Feb for the following year, um, for the hayride. It's, you know, if we had other things going on, like the great horror camp out or our, um, the great horror movie nights, then, you know, we, we would work on those, but typically we'd be off for the holidays. Um, and, it's, it's always that last night, Halloween, um, where we would all let our hair down at that, at that point, we'd kind of let the guests and patrons do what they want. Cause t- we, you know, we typically don't allow ho- costumes at the hayride, but on that night, I mean, if people wore costumes, we'd let it fly. We'd like take this, you know, the normal sound, um, of the event down and throw on, you know, like Rob Zombie and Michael Jack and like all of the Halloween, we had like the best mashup, you know, Halloween playlist. And we'd put that on and we'd turn the entire hayride into like a giant Halloween party. And, um, and so that night was kind of, you know, we did all of our friends, we'd like tailgate in the parking lots, we'd bring out wine. And it was like, that was kind of like the, the, um, the night where we were all like, we made it you know, let's have a rager and, and blow out, you know, the season. So, um, it was always that night that was kind of our, like, okay, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was, and those are the best nights, even just talking about them now. It's like, I love those nights. I wish, I wish we still had them. Very cool. Yeah. Do, do you have visions of having more events? Like you said, you, you love doing the events, um, and so I, I haven't really experienced many uh, large concerts. I, I went to a couple of Lollapaloozas um, like when, when they first came out. Yeah. Um, and then I think I went to uh, like a lot. And when I lived in Texas, Blockbuster had like a really big, like three day event or something like that. And then there's, you know, you have Coachella and stuff like that. But is there, are there events that are, are, were like really big, like let's say five day or like two week, like music festival events. Like, do you, again, cause dreaming epically, like, mm-hmm. cause for me, I love music. And if, if someone has said, oh my God, there's this amazing festival. It's a two week festival. All of these bands are going to be playing. Like, do you have plans to do something like 
that ginormous? Would you do something that ginormous with like say Halloween or, or music? Um, yes, I am actually already doing that with my music festival, Tailgate Fest. It's it's massive and it's it's growing exponentially, but it's, you know, you, I mean, you've heard of Stagecoach. Yes. Yeah. So Tailgate is actually now competing with Stagecoach. Oh, no way. So, yeah, it's like, it's crazy. And we we actually, so in year one, we had 10,000 people. We were outside at the at the forum and took over uh, shut down Pink and took over some of the play, some of the lot where they now have SoFi Stadium where the Rams play. Uh-huh. We filled up the entire thing right in year one, and it was a one day festival. So the second year we added a second day, moved to a 120 acre ranch just 45 minutes outside of LA to 25,000 people. Added camping. How we have a giant like thousand person pool party right next to the stage called Boots and Bikinis that has become kind of an event within itself. And then now we've moved it to the NASCAR track. We've taken over the entire infield. We could have a hundred thousand people there and it's like, and, you know, and have grown camping. So now it's becoming this multi-day camp, you know, country music festival tailgate. And it's such a unique concept because it's not like any other music festival out there, but all of the heads of the talent agencies came out in 2019. And one of them who is very well-known and respected um, actually said to me to my face I can't believe I'm saying this but there is actually a a alternative to stagecoach now in Southern California and I was like what like that's a crazy thing to hear in your second year you know but we went balls to the wall on this festival and um and it is this festival is a legend and um you know one day like I'm glad we I just said that on, on on this video because one day I'm going to refer back to this and be like, I knew it was going to be a legend. And just like with the LA haunted hayride, you know, in year, in year 2009, when we wrapped that year, I said, I'm like, this event will become, you know, the, the benchmark of Halloween, you know, and it has been, it's a, a legend here in Hollywood. And I, I am telling you tailgate fest will be the next, the next big thing. Um, and, you know, music festivals and country music festivals. So that, that is definitely, I'm dreaming epically with that thing. Um, but, you know, I, I, but I feel like that with everything, right? Like even boat cinema, like we, that was a COVID safe <laughs> thing to do. Right. And now we have, we're getting offers for people who want to put it in 15 cities, you know, and, and scale it and duplicate it. So, um, you know, I think all of the, all of the events that I build, I always build them with the, with the intention that it will become, you know, a thing for sure. You know, that is so cool. That is so cool. Like, like yeah. you said, why think small? And that was one of the things that you, you mentioned in the book, you know, in the very beginning, you're like, why just think small, like go big or go home. Like if you're going to do this, like just go big, like dream yeah. epically. And, and that's so cool that you said that. And cause I remember seeing, um, on your, uh, social media, um, the tailgate and, and cause I wasn't familiar with it in the, until I started, you know, looking at, at your, your Instagram and then I was like, Oh wow. That, okay. 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 So I didn't realize. And now talking with you, I'm like, Holy crap. Like that's mm-hmm. freaking cool. Like I'm so excited for you. It's thank you. It's, you know, the, like COVID did gut punch that, that, you know, that brand for me, which, you know, the Hayride, we were able to flourish through COVID this different, like music festivals, you couldn't put them on. It just was not the type of thing that could find, you know, a pivot enough. So, you know, we, we went on sale for 2020. We had to cancel the festival like everyone else, but we had Miranda Lambert and Dirks Bentley and Leonard Skinner. Like we had had this next level you know, for our third year, we had elevated our lineup to this next level because we were on this growth trajectory. And so, you know, we got gut punched. And so we're coming back, which is literally uh, that, that was the, that was for me, the goal was like, I want to bring this thing back, you know, a brand new festival that was only, only had two years under our belts, like to even have, you know, the, the platform, the financing to, to bring this thing back. Like that's, that's where my goal was. And then we did. So we, but we have to bring it back at the 2019 level. We weren't able to elevate it again to that third year, which I'm fine with because I actually think the festival is going to do amazing this year. And I think, I think having this year is the year we need to create a platform to like to elevate it again. So it was just a business decision that I think if we hadn't made, 
we maybe wouldn't have ever, ever be able to bring bring it back, you know? So I, I wasn't ready for this thing to be one of my failures, even though like I have plenty of them. Tailgate Fest is not going to be one of them. So it's, yes. So we're going to, we're going to, you know, chunk our way back, back into the land of the living with this thing. And, and we went on sale and our, we had the best pre-sale we've ever had. We were up 400% from our 2020 pre-sale. So, you know, that to me is a, is a good, good temperature on what the festival is going to look like this year. Very cool. Congratulations. That is super awesome. That is so cool. But I agree with you. If you're going to do something, you got to like, you got to jump. Like if you're going to jump, like fucking jump, you know, I mean, yes. drive in movie, drive in movie theaters. You know, we did 176 of them. Like, do you understand how crazy I, we were like, we were like chickens with our heads cut off 176 drive in movie events over a four month period. Like that's insane. So even then, like, we're only talking about drive in movies, but we did more of them than anyone else in Los Angeles. <laughs> So it's like, if you're going to go, you got to go big. I practice what I preach. <laughs> that is so cool. So yeah. when you pick people to be on your team, like, do you straight up ask them, like, do you dream like this or do you dream like this? <laughs> like, how do you- No, you know, I don't. It's like, I have a really, I have a really hard time finding my like soulmate team members. And it's, you know, it's partly because I like, my expectations are so high of people who are going to be like my team and they're high for myself. So I don't try to hold other people to expectations. I don't hold myself to, you know, but my, my LA haunted hayride team, it it was such a dream team, soulmate team that it's a hard one to kind of, you know, and I don't want to compare because it's like, it's a different life now, but it's hard not to, you know? So I have, I have some good people that I work with for sure. Um, but we're, yeah, we're not there yet. Like, I don't have that, like that team that, you know, is going to take me through the next decade. Like I did for the first decade. Um, but I've been a good team, you know, the people who are on it right now, like I have an amazing assistant who I think could be that person, you know, she's, um, she's my, my newest kind of hire after COVID and she's insanely talented. And I think she probably, you know, could become somebody who has her own tailgate fest and her own boat cinemas and other markets, um, my social person who has been with me for, you know, the last three years, four years, actually, um, could be that as well. So there's a couple real strong people on my team. Um, but yeah, we're still, we're still like, you know, building. So I, I don't want to take up any more of your time. No, um, but if you have anything else that you would love to share with us, I, you, I know you mentioned your projects. If there's anything else out there that you wanted to let uh, the listeners know, we are all ears. Yeah, no, I mean, my, the, the same thing I, I want everyone to know is keep shooting, keep activating, just keep going, keep moving, start. It is like starting is literally the hardest thing. And it is just one step. And it's the first step, just start. Once you start, you will just keep going. So that's it. I just, I want the world, you know, I, I want the world, literally every human on this planet to be happy, right. To do what, they want to do. There is such, it is like a scarce thing, you know, that, that you, that you meet people, um, who are literally living their best life, doing what they want to do. And I just want more of that, you know, cause I think, I think when people are in their happiest place, I think, you know, they treat other people better. They treat, you know, the planet better. They treat animals better. I just, I think it creates a kinder world. And you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a hard math equation to just live in a kinder place. Um, we just need to make people happier, you know, and it's, it's so executable and it's so within reach and it's not nearly as hard as people think it is. Just do what you want to do. Be happy. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Oh yeah. my goodness. Melissa, thank you so much for, for being on the show. You, no, you- thank you. I, you're awesome. Like, I, I, I think you're awesome. I have no, I, I'm not surprised that you're crushing it and, and doing life. So you're awesome. Thank- Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm I'm blushing like crazy. So um, uh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish you all the best. And I I, seriously, I I can't wait to see more of your successes. And uh, seriously, just keep on rocking, sister. Keep on rocking. You too. too. All right. (laughs) Keep in touch. Thank you. Bye-bye.
thank you for listening to the Coffee Chats podcast with this week's special guest, Melissa Carbone, author of Ready, Fire, Aim. You can find her book and event links in the podcast details. Thank you for unicorning with me. Go forth and be magical.